Welcome to Coog's Talk Stock from WSU Extension, a science-based podcast about animal agriculture for those that raise food animals, those that are interested in learning how, and those that want to learn more about where their food comes from. Find us online at soundcloud.com forward slash Coog's Talk Stock. Welcome to Coog's Talk Stock. I'm Sarah Drager, a master's student in the animal science department here at WSU and your host for today. We're going to be doing a two-part series with Derek Josie. I'm so excited to have you on today. Derek is a multi-generation dairy farmer in the Tillamook Dairy Co-op and owner of TDF Honest Farming, which has over 271,000 followers. I first started following you years ago on Twitter back when it was Derek Talks to Cows. So thank you so much for coming on today. It's my pleasure. Can you tell us about yourself and your life as a Tillamook dairy farmer? Yeah, sure. Well, you already touched on it a little bit. I'm a fourth generation here on the family farm. It's grown a little bit since my great-grandfather founded it. Um, We're sitting at milking 500 cows on roughly 500 acres. We milk jerseys, and we're part of the Tillamook Dairy, Tillamook County Creamery Association, or as most people know it, Tillamook. Anytime you see the Tillamook products in stores, there's a chance it came from my farm. Um, Five years ago, just almost five years ago, I branched out and started a online advocacy uh, page on Facebook, actually, is where I started. And then I branched out to Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. Yeah, so from a quick Google, I learned that Tillamook was founded in 1909 and has dairy or has 80 dairy farmer co-op members. Do they still accept new members if you meet the criteria? Uh, yeah, one of the criteria is that you have to actually farm in Tillamook County, though. So when a farm comes up for sale, that's basically the only way you can become another me- a new member. Oh, so all the dairy farmers in Tillamook County are pretty much members? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. There's a few outliers that are part organic and ship to, uh, I believe it's Organic Valley that they ship to. Uh, beyond being in Tillamook County, what are the rigorous application process? What's it like? Well, I, I honestly, uh, you know, they do they check into your background, but as as long as you're buying a farm in. In Tillamook, uh, they, I don't know that they've ever said no to a farmer. So, Yeah, just as long as you're reputable and taking care of all your animals, they're willing yeah. to let I, you. Oh, yeah. There's obviously the animal welfare standards and facility standards that you have to maintain, whether you're a new member or an existing member. So that kind of stuff goes on. So with being such a large company do you feel like the individual farmer is well represented uh yeah because it is a co-op and uh the the board of directors is farmers from our co-op and since we're all in that local area i three of my uh board of direct members directors members are within a five minute drive from my farm so if i have problems i can talk to board of directors members and um and if i could pick up the phone and call the ceo of the company too and he answers so wow that's cool so everyone's pretty involved yeah 
So it's my understanding that Tillamook started as a way to sell products without them spoiling, like to traveling to market. And it's grown into this like huge icon that I'm sure the other counties wish they're a part of. What do you think has made Tillamook so successful? I think it's been the attention to a quality product and not just putting out your standard commodity cheese. We we pay attention and whether it's our cheese or our ice cream or any of our products, you know that it's going to be a phenomenal tasting product. So for people who are interested in joining co-ops or starting their own, do you have any advice for them that how to get into that? Oh, no. No, I don't. That's, no. Uh, that's outside my pay grade. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were kind of uh, fell into it from your multi-generation. Mm-hmm. So out of curiosity, um, you do jerseys and they have a higher milk fat than Holstein's. Does Tillamook prefer jersey cattle? Uh, Tillamook does not tell its member owners what type of cow to milk. So Tillamook doesn't. It pays on component pricing. So you get paid for your better fat and protein. So some farmers choose to go with jerseys. And is that why you prefer them? Yeah, that and I just prefer the breed. So because they so, kind of have a reputation for being troublemakers. Is that true? I have no experience with Jersey Well, cattle. they're smarter than the other cows. So I guess some people would consider that troublemakers, but I just prefer to work with a smarter animal. Yeah. Just have to keep maybe an eye on them so they don't find the open gate. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Or open the gate. <laughs> so you just released a book called An Industry Worth Fighting For. What inspired you to take on another task i'm clinically insane (laughs) uh no um it seemed like it was the right uh right time to release it because i put out a whole lot of content online i'm it's daily that i'm putting stuff out so anybody that wants to learn about a bunch of topics it's harder for them to find all the information on my uh pages so by putting out this book, um, it's one source and it shows and talks about all the major topics uh, when it comes to dairy farming and agriculture that I feel like over the last four, almost five years, I've had uh, been asked about numerous times. So it's for, for people that want to take a deeper dive than just surface level. Kind of puts all your resources in one place almost because you do so many videos on so many different topics. So this just mm-hmm. kind of touched the surface on all of them. And Yeah. And um, the Kindle version will actually has links in it so that you can go read more on what I'm talking about, whether it's a you know study proving that dairy uh, milk and cheese and butter is not going to kill you in your sleep or, you know, that's a obvious uh, answer to that one. But when it comes to the science of methane gases, there's links to studies and proving that cattle are not a major driver of climate change, things like that, that you can just do a much deeper dive in there than you can just cruising through my videos online. Yeah, so I'll have to maybe pick up the Kindle version, then I was going to order the paperback. 
It came out today. Well, wow. for your listeners, listeners, it came out the 15th of November, uh, October. <laughs> so what was the writing process like? Did it take a long time for publishers uh, hard it, to work with? It was a six month process, I believe. Um, I worked with somebody that actually did the typing and the writing. So I guess I worked with a ghostwriter, um, Steve. That's why his name's on the book, too. Um, I found a chunk about an hour chunk every every other day where I was on the phone with him from six to seven in the morning, um, just talking through the topics and he'd pick my brain on things and he'd type a chapter out. He'd send the chapter. I would go through it. My wife would help go through it because she uh, sees things that I don't see sometimes. And is that's invaluable, invaluable. There we go. Um, and so it was a slow but steady progress. And then once we got the the book done, then it got sent off to the editor where they went through and they did a deep dive and found all the uh, studies and the links and the articles that I referenced and made it very very professional and that's an editor is worth their weight in gold. Um, and then after that, it was, it was simple getting it, uh, uploaded to Amazon. Amazon makes it really easy to self publish. So. Oh, wow. Um, would you write another book? <sighs> Probably, but not anytime soon. I think I've got enough projects that, um, are, needing my attention that should be the focus and are going to be the focus for five, six, 10 years. Yeah. You're very busy and you have a lot going on. What is your take home message of the book for people who are interested? Uh, take home message would, uh, that's a good question. The take home message is that you can trust farmers and not to believe everything you see and hear, whether it be in the news or on the internet, because farmers are doing the best they can for their animals and for the environment. Yeah, um, farmers are in a really unique position where they rely on their animals and their land to make a living. And there's some big misconceptions about them just taking, taking, taking. And in many cases, people are multi-generation and want to pass their land and business down. So do you think farmers do a good job of balancing that? Like, what do you think they could improve on or? I think farmers do a great job at being farmers. That's why that's what they are. They don't do a great job of talking to people that aren't farmers. And that's, um, I don't even think that's necessarily their fault as more people moved away from farm towns, less people are hands on or no farmers were. So a couple generations ago, everybody had family that were farmers. And so they would go visit the farm, they would do their stuff. And so farmers didn't have to worry that people didn't understand what they were doing. Um, and I like to say that most farmers are th three generations removed from their consumers now. Uh, because of that, it's kind of a flip of the script. Most people say that 
people are three generations removed from farming um, because it's not just urban people that are disconnected from rural people. We are disconnected from them and their struggles and what they deal with on a daily, day-to-day basis too. Yeah, so that's a really good point. Better at, if we can get better at um, sharing what we're doing and not, not lecturing or not um, trying to educate, but just sharing what we're doing, showing that, yeah, we may live a hundred miles away from a city, but we deal with the same struggles. We're just trying to support our families and do the best we can. That resonates with people. They, they, you, you actually become their farmer. You know, they sit there and cheer for you. They don't look at you as just some vague farmer anymore. It's like you are their family member. Yeah, TDF Honest Farming is definitely an example of that. People have really rallied behind you and been committed to your journey. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's kind of strange. I'm 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 getting used to it, but for a while there, it was really strange to have all these people that just. I mean, some of them have offered to watch our kids so that we can go on date nights and stuff. And it's just, oh, I don't know you people. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely an interesting um, dynamic with social media when they feel like they know you and sometimes you don't know people. Yeah. Yeah. And that, there's a, that fine line because we've had people come to the house and, and that's just, thankfully, it was people that like us. But it's still like, mm, that's not okay, guys. This is this is where my kids are at. This is where my wife is at. That's this is not. This is my area where I have my family. Yeah, and beyond that, biosecurity for your animals, like yes, yeah, that, that's true. So you jumping back, you're multi generation. How important do you think? family farm legacies are and making sure that there's you're able to transition i think i mean it's an incredible story um the legacy it's also a high stress part for the next generation to make sure to pass on the legacy um so i don't i don't know how you rank the importance of it because Starting out farmers are just as important. We need more people to be getting into farming. And those people are just as important as a fourth generation farmer. Um, But it definitely adds a different type of stress. I mean, if you're a starting out farmer, you, you have the stress of farming and then learning the ropes and learning how to be a good farmer. Whereas... You know, I've had my dad and my grandpa and my uncle when he was farming with us as people to teach me. Um, and so it's a different, it's a different stressor because now it's, I'm fourth generation. Um, by God, this better make it another generation past me. Otherwise, I'm the one that lost the family farm. Yeah. Nobody wants to be the one to fail, but we're all kind of fighting the same challenges of being accountants and farmers and everything else that goes into being a farmer, people really tend to underestimate how challenging it really is. 
and people managers. Yeah, the list goes on and on. The hat of farmer has a lot of hats underneath it. Yeah. So last question, what is your favorite Tillamook product? Oh, this one is so hard. It used to be I could just be like, oh, the chocolate peanut butter ice cream because I love that flavor. Um, but if, I mean, so that's my favorite ice cream. My favorite cheese would be the Maker's Reserve. The, it's, I believe it's uh, the oldest they have is the 2012 right now. They might have a 2010, but it's vintage white and it is delicious. Um, and then there's our, our new cream cheeses that are just phenomenal and better than any cream cheese on the market. So I haven't tried the cream cheese yet. Of cream cheese. The and just kicking butt. The cheddar cheese is a staple at my house. I'm sure my dad should have his own page and like the annual sales reports. He might. He we do is, have what's called super fans, so he could be on there. Oh, he could should get a rewards membership going. <laughs> anyway, that's all we have for today. You can find Derek at tdfhonestfarming.com. He's also on Facebook and Twitter and I believe YouTube. And Instagram. And yep. Instagram. His book, An Industry Worth Fighting For, is on Amazon and now is available in Kindle. Thank you for joining us today, Derek. Uh, you're welcome. And come spring, it'll be available on Audible, narrated by me. Thank you for listening to the Cougs Talk Stock Podcast, brought to you by Washington State University Extension. You can review, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you listen. Find us online at soundcloud.com forward slash Cougs Talk Stock, where the additional resources from our podcasts are linked. Let us know if you have any burning questions or suggestions at Cougs Talk Stock at wsu.edu. This podcast is brought to you by Hannah Browse, Sarah Drager, Dr. Don Llewellyn, and Natasha Moffat-Hemmer, and is produced by Connors Communications at Washington State University. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by guests of this podcast are their own and does not imply Washington State University's endorsement.